Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome, y'all, to the Near and Queer to My Heart podcast. I'm your host, Amanda G., and this is our ninth episode. For those who've been listening to us, welcome back and thank you. For the newbies out there, thank you for joining. We appreciate you. This podcast grew out of a queer storytelling slash stand-up show called Greetings from Queer Mountain, which began in Austin, Texas, started by Michael Folk and Ralphie Hardesty, and it's now going strong in Austin, New Orleans, and New York City. This podcast was created as a way to continue the good vibes of that show in a new space and to reach a wider audience. Today, we bring you to the Memphis Comedy Festival, where I was honored to be a performer at the fest. It was a lot of fun. I got to meet a lot of great folks and just enjoy some time off work. This festival made sure we had everything. They were so great. From the moment I arrived, no, before I arrived, they made sure everything was taken care of. They know most of us comedians are broke and traveling for our craft is hard enough, so they wanted to lighten that load. They had a van that drove us from venue to venue. They helped us find places to stay. They took us to the National Civil Rights Museum, which was amazing. Even when I arrived, they took me backstage where they had a green room full of snacks, good shit like fruit by the foot, aspirin, Tums, beer, whatever you needed. The guy even showed me as part of the tour, he took me to the bathroom and he whispered, we have lady products if you need, and poopery. My favorite part of the festival was meeting all the amazing comics from all over the place. And thanks to the festival folks, they also connected me with the OAM Network Studios, where we were able to record this episode of Near and Queer to My Heart and two other forthcoming episodes. This one, I met with Drew Lausch, an actor and stand-up out of New York. Drew is someone you can't help but smile around. He's so filled with good vibes and positivity. So let's do it. Let's get to Drew. to know Drew a little bit. I saw Drew do some open mic performance last night at this place <laughs> called PNH, which was kind of a crazy place. Yes. Eight, I think it was 875 pictures of PBR, so people were getting one for themselves. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> truly. It was that kind of place. Drew is a stand-up now living in New York, but we're going to get to know a little bit about your life because you are not from New York, are you? No. Uh, I'm originally from Fargo, North Dakota, which is a dream in itself, <laughs> you know? I don't know much. Is Fargo a big city? I mean, I've heard of it because obviously movie, TV show, it seems to be the, the thing there that people talk about. Yeah, pretty much people only talk about the movie and the TV show, <laughs> which is which is great. No, it's, it's actually not as small as I think people give it credit for because with the surrounding area, it's kind of like a probably population of like 300,000. It's not millions of people, but it's also not like, I feel like when I say I'm from Fargo, people expect bumfuck nowhere with six and a half people and like a yeah. horse. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's like, it's a city. <laughs> yeah. One, one street and it's just main street. And right. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's actually bigger than I thought. <laughs> See, cause you assume like any of the shocked. Dakotas, I'm like, there's no more than a hundred thousand people total in 
both of them. There's a lot of stereotypes out there. Yeah, I everywhere. A, I have a friend from Wapog, North Dakota, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not familiar. Yeah. See, <laughs> like great I name you know though. Wapog. Yeah, I think that I probably hmm. said it wrong. Um, I, maybe I know not. she played a lot of uh, ice hockey and Against. turned out to be gay. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> I'm like ditto, but a little different. <laughs> Parents were married. Yep. Are they still married? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, they were. Um, yeah, kind of like high school sweethearts and like they give me hope for love <laughs> and they're from fargo yeah like, yeah both born and raised okay your whole family is your family from there like going back yeah so my my mom's family is more so from kind of the virginia area ish but yeah my dad's family like born and raised north dakota and my mom's family mostly like her, her immediate family all lives in the fargo area they live in vancouver now my folks just because they, yeah, my dad got awesome. it. Yeah, yeah. And Vancouver's really been cool for them. But yeah, but originally all from Fargo. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I always wonder how people get where they are and how they end up in, a, in Fargo and then decide to stay there or not. Because you obviously, you know, you live in New York now, so you didn't right. stay there. No. When did you move? Uh, when I was 18. So when I went to college uh, in upstate New York at Ithaca College. So oh, okay. yeah, yeah. You know the so Ithaca area. You do? Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I went to school in New York, and uh, my mom was trying to convince me to go to Cornell. Oh. Uh, not that I, I didn't apply. I don't know if I would have gotten in, but uh, her big convincing thing was that they make their own ice cream there, I guess, and that they have a, an ice cream contest that the students can make their own ice cream and enter this contest. And she's yeah. like, "You'd like to do that? You'd like to make your own ice cream? Go to college in the middle of New York." And I was like, "No thanks." You're like, "I gotta go make some ice cream." <laughs> if there's one thing I do when I get to college, yeah, that's my dream. <laughs> like Baskin Robbins has 31 flavors, but I know there's a 32nd out there and I'm gonna I find know. it yeah you will I feel that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why why Ithaca why did you choose Ithaca so so I went to college for musical theater when I there's like this huge audition process and so I sort of auditioned for like what I was told were like you know the like best schools in the country for musical theater and then you know got into a few and I visited Ithaca and I really really enjoyed the atmosphere I got and so yeah and I uh, went there. How was school there? Because it's a, it's a college town, right? Am I? Yes. Because you have Cornell, you got Ithaca. There, I think there's another college nearby, or is it just the two? Um, well, there's there's like Cortland, which is kind of nearby. Um, and that's kind of like the rival school to Ithaca, which is like, I mean, like Ithaca doesn't deserve to have like a rival school. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like we had like one football game a year, and it was like amazing. But like, you know. Yeah. No, my, my school, we lost freshman year. Our football team lost every single game. So. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I know. was like, we don't really deserve that either. <laughs> Truly, I know. The only, I, I liked football games at Ithaca because it was like a reason to pound tequila shots at like 8 a.m. and like have it be totally justifiable. And normal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And normal. Truly. And somebody else is drunker than you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not the worst one there. Yeah, yeah no. Ithaca, it's cold there too. <laughs> yeah. Not as cold as North Dakota though. True. So you slowly, you're slowly yeah. going a little less, like <laughs> 10 degrees warmer. <laughs> I know. I know. I was so mad. It was, I was like between well I wasn't really between Ithaca and a school in Miami but there was a school in Miami that I was thinking about going to and like by year three at Ithaca I was like why the hell didn't I go to Miami <laughs> yeah, I like been in Miami so, right I know now. truly like, like in, a, in a speedo in a dream you know <laughs> yeah me and the golden girls just hanging out <laughs> truly it could have been me yeah <laughs> Miami's the trip I don't know I went to Miami once for a girls trip for a weekend and I hated it it was oh, really yeah it was very like you, you had to dress up to go everywhere even just like you yeah. just like go to the beach and chill like everyone was dressed up all the clubs like you couldn't get in the guys had to have a coat and yeah. like nice shoes and pants and uh, it was also terrible my friend was eight months pregnant at the time so we did go <laughs> you to the guys club. were like Miami <laughs> yeah we're like we're doing this and she was like this is my last hurrah before I have a kid and yeah. so we were at the clubs and people didn't like looking at a pregnant lady I'll tell you that that's kind of sad was, yeah it was very it was, she wasn't 
drinking. She was just we doing a, her thing. We yeah. had a DD. We had a designated driver. So yeah. we were like, this is fine. And she was still, you know, she could dance a little bit and get right. her. They, no one wanted to, like, I kind of was like, a, it was a weird buzzkill for a lot of people because Miami's very judgy too and they'll let you know. Yeah. Like they would tell you to your face. And I was like, whoa, can't she just go over there and talk shit about us like across <laughs> the room like normal people? Definitely. You didn't go to Miami. You went to Ithaca. You graduated college. Yeah. Four years. Yep. Four <laughs> long years. Yes. Yeah. Four long cold years in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Because the other thing with Ithaca that I, re- I remember, because we were stuck behind this truck. I think it's like a one lane road that gets there. Yeah. And we were stuck behind a truck with a bunch of logs Danby. on it. Mm-hmm. And it, this truck, there was like 10, I don't know, maybe 15 cars deep behind it. And we couldn't get around it. Yeah. And it was scary because it was such a big truck. And I just remember, <laughs> I'm like, this is literally like carrying logs to probably build a log cabin. Like those giant logs. And I was like, I, this is not the place for me. Yeah. The interesting thing about Ithaca that was like different from kind of the snow cold in North Dakota was that Ithaca has a lot of hills. So like, so if you're driving, like North Dakota, we, you know, it's like we have our four wheelers and it's like, we're just going to like snow doesn't phase us and whatever. But like there was, I remember one snowstorm where I I just, I had like a a smaller car at the time, which was great and fine until there was this huge snowstorm. And uh, one of my girlfriends and I were like, oh, like, what do we need right now? We need to go down the biggest hill in Ithaca and get a quesadilla. Like that was like our, we just like had to go. And we just didn't think about it. It was like, bl- like it was a blizzard. And then, so we like got our quesadilla, great. And then we like had to turn around and go back up this hill. Oh Jesus, and, and a we, blizzard. And we couldn't get it. And so much <laughs> so, like it was my car. I was like driving and my friend's name was Caitlin. I was like, you have to get out and push. <laughs> like you have to get out <laughs> and like, push like, this us. is not what I signed up for. <laughs> no, so she was kind of bummed. And then we had to, <laughs> we had to like park it at this, at this halfway house actually. Which oh, is funny. Halfway yeah. up the hill, halfway house. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly, yeah. But it was good. The quesadilla was delicious? The best. I was like, you, got, you better remember that we on your deathbed. It. Yeah, we earned it, too. <laughs> it's like, oh, that quesadilla was worth it. Those are your dying words. Yeah, definitely. Is, were, were you out at this time? Of the closet? Yeah. Yes. Not out pushing the car. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I said, I got. I told her to get out and push the car. I was like, like I, I was, was chilly. Yes, I was. When I got to, I mean, I went to college for musical theater. It's like everybody knew. But yeah. like, and you're um, probably around a more supportive environment. Right. Just, yeah. Um, I mean, that was my sophomore year. I, and so by the time of my sophomore year, I was very much like, like I'm out and I'm like out and proud and like waving the flag. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, but when did you first come out? I don't know. I feel like I sort of trickled out. Yeah, I usually ask the question, and I probably should have. I'm sorry for my like uh, immediate turnaround, but no. I was like, this conversation is like boom, 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 and we're gonna keep it going, boom, boom. Oh boom. yeah, but no stress. I, I usually ask people a bunch of questions at once, like rapid fire, which also is stressful. But oh. it's kind of like, when did you come out to yourself? When yeah. did you first come out to somebody else? Okay. And then when did you start coming out in your performer life to oh. strangers, basically? Yeah. Because um, those are all different. Because I think a lot of times they conflate the coming out process into yeah. just one. Oh, you, when did you come like, out? Like, when, when was you, the big event? Yeah, yeah, like, when was the the party where you had a, a, re- right. a reveal and it was yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> but it's not that simple because a lot of us came out. Like, I know for me, I, like, kind of figured it out and then I held on to it and I and I repressed it. Totally. And then it came out and I put it back down and it came out and I put it back down. And then yep. finally when I was ready. So I was already kind of out to myself. Yeah. Then when I was out to myself, it still took me a minute to come out to somebody else. Yeah. And then to come out to, like, everybody else and then to start performing and talk about it to strangers in bars and be ready for whatever, you know, I I live in new Orleans. I live in Louisiana. 
I never know. And I honestly can say I've missed, like, I was very apprehensive about the, doing lesbian comedy, especially in, like, smaller towns or, yeah. or places that if you look at their voter history, they might not seem as friendly. But I've been very surprised that I haven't Same. really had any problems. Same. So, But that's a whole other process of, like, coming out to an audience. Totally. So. I mean sort of the same thing growing up gay in Fargo North Dakota which is is like what a lot of my comedy is about just because there was there's so much like oh, I, yeah. I guess <laughs> if, yeah like you understand as well but I think I don't know it's so weird because I feel like I remember like at a young age sort of being like I think I want a boyfriend but not but it, it never really stuck and then it was sort of like okay you're gonna have girlfriends and it's gonna be great and so then like I mean, I was like a really big player in the sixth grade. Like everybody <laughs> wanted Drew's D in like, you know. Um, Drew's D and Holzy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I don't know what y'all did in Fargo. <laughs> I know. We like drank Mike's Hard Lemonades and like. Oh, badasses. Yeah, totally. I know. We were reckless. But. Someone stole mom's, like one cigarette from one mom and y'all shared it. Exactly. I know. Exactly. And nobody knew how to smoke your age. No. Yeah, truly. We just like threw it at each other and we're like, you feeling something? Does this work? I know. Are you buzzing? Um. Yeah, so, I, I mean, yeah, so I feel like I sort of had some thoughts at an early age, but obviously, you know, that wasn't really entertained. And then I definitely feel like I was someone that, like, everybody kind of knew before I did. And and that, like, really made me mad. <laughs> like, truly. You're like, why didn't you just tell me? Well, well, it was, well, no, they did, which is what made me mad. Oh, like, no. Well, it was like, I don't know, kind of, you know, that middle school age-ish and and I, I told a joke about this last night but it was truly like when I when I decided to kind of quit soccer and sort of like and I didn't mean to like cut those ties with those like you know guy friends or like we were bros and stuff but uh and do musical theater camp it was sort of like like that was definitely like a like line in the sand and then everybody just sort of was like oh Drew must be gay Drew must be gay Drew must be gay and at that time I was kind of like well, maybe like I don't really know yet. And because you're telling me I'm this, I don't want to be this because I want to like forge my own path. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Also, it like puts you in another box and it makes you feel like a different, right. a different or an outside. Because I was yeah. o I was always scared of that. I was like, oh, totally. if, if this kind of like secret comes out, then everyone's going to put me over here. And that's mm -hmm. the only thing they're going to see me as. And I don't want that. Yeah. And because well, so, I'm so much more than just like this one thing. And like, yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that kind of happened. And then in like, so eighth grade, I was sort of doing the musical theater camp. And I, I mean, I think I was like slowly kind of like edging myself towards being like, OK, I think you might be into dudes and that's going to be what it is. And then when I was uh, 16, there was this guy that we were both in theater and we sort of had like a rivalry. We would like like Facebook message each other like fighting, but it would be like I know like oh, kind of yeah. hot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like we would like we would like Facebook each other and like and both of us would like call each other gay behind like each other's backs all the time. <laughs> like it was kind of like a game like who's the gayest and like you never wanted to be the gayest, yeah. I guess. And then and he and I had to do this like choir. We had to do this like choir quartet, and it was like two of us and then two girls and. And then, like, there was, like, literally one day over Facebook Messenger where he was, like, I think I have feelings for you. And he just, like, said it. Oh, and wow. then, yeah, 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 yeah. He said it. And and you were, like, I win. <laughs> well, definitely. I know. I was, like, <laughs> like I won. I, won the <laughs> I know. I was, like, who's on top? Um, <laughs> joke intended. Um, but I, uh, yeah. And so he said that. And then I, like, kind of paused and I immediately wrote back. And I was, like, yeah, I think I have feelings for you, too. And then, and then we kind of started like a secret relationship, which was because you know Fargo. Like I, I wasn't ready. He yeah. was very much like he was kind of out, or more so. He was like I'm bisexual and doing his thing, 
And so then, so that point on, I was kind of like, okay, I'm definitely gay, yeah. but I don't think I'm going to let anybody know. But then, of course, like, I fell madly in love with him. So then I sort of started telling all my, like, close friends yeah. that, like, hey, I'm, like, dating Hunter, and it's a secret, but, like, I love him. And, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so that sort of felt like... That sort of felt like I was like I kind of accepted it myself. I wasn't ready for everyone to know, but I was ready for a lot of people to know. But then, like scandal, like a lot of people ended up finding out, and then I got like super, super in my head and scared, and ended up ending the relationship because I was just like, I'm sorry, like this is too much for me. And then that was kind of, and then I was sort of just like, oh god, like I know I'm gay, but I don't want people to know. And then I went to college and for like a week was like, I'm bisexual, and then like you know, I mean, gay yeah. by May, like. Yeah. Yeah. No, I always describe like because there's always an extra layer. I feel like yeah. that, you know, if that was a, a heteronormative relationship, it would have right. been a little different because there is that extra layer. Totally. And, you know, sometimes it's tough, but it's, you know, it's also kind of what shapes us as to like who we are. Yeah. Which is always kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I think I mean, it's and it's so funny now. I'm sure you can agree. Like looking back, I'm like, I mean, when you were in sixth grade, you should have just been like, I'm a gay gay. And like, here we go. Like you yeah. take it or leave it. But when you're in a conservative community, it's it's just like a different ballgame. And Fargo's conservative. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fargo was of all of the like of all of the states that like the the younger generation, like the millennial generation, like there were three states that the majority voted for Trump. And uh, <laughs> North Dakota was one of them. <laughs> you I were was one like, of them. <laughs> thank God, North Dakota, like get it together. You still you still registered to vote there? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. It's like New York, they don't need your vote. They don't need me. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now I'm registered in New York, but for like, I guess the next elections, cause I got my ID and stuff. But yeah, at the time, North Dakota. Okay. So yeah. you can put in that vote. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you graduate Ithaca, you right away moved to New York City? Or do you take some time to do something else? Yeah, so I did the Utah Shakespeare Festival for like four months, which was super fun. Oh, wow, four months? Yeah. Damn, that's yeah, a and, long time. Yeah, Southern Utah. It's a lot of Shakespeare. Def well, a lot I actually, of Utah. <laughs> I didn't actually do yeah, a lot of Utah. Um, I didn't actually do a Shakespeare show, though. I did Mary Poppins. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, after that, I um, had a gig in like Central Coast, California, doing Beauty and the Beast. So, wow. yeah, just loving that Disney life. <laughs> I played the magic carpet because, again, dreams are coming true yeah, always. Like and fabulous. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then so that went until, like, December. And then I moved uh, last year, January, to New York. And I've been there now for, like, a year. And when did you start doing stand-up? Because you've always had a theater background. Was that yes. the path you wanted? <clears throat> is, to, is Broadway what you're looking for? Or um, well, getting on a tour? Yeah, I mean, writing, it's, you know. Yeah, it's definitely changed now. When I first was like auditioning for schools and stuff, I was very much like, Broadway will be my, like, that is my thing and it will be my thing. And like, um, and then sort of as I went through a, a pretty rigorous musical theater training program, I think it, I, I think I was very much like locked into that. And then my senior year, I, I was sort of like losing the love I had for it a little bit just because I was like, I think I have other interests and I don't really know how to express that or do that. Um, and then at the end of my senior year, we had to do these, this like project called our 10 minute cabarets, which was essentially like you get 10 minutes and you get to tell it like whatever story you want and you have to sing and like whatever. And I found, I, I mean, I did sing, but I found that like, I like wrote this like script and it was like all of these stories and I found 
I, I was I don't know I mean it was I was like the first time I'd really I felt like I was like writing jokes and like writing like monologues for myself and whatever and I really really enjoyed it and had like a great response from there I was like okay I think I think I want to give stand-up a try and I and I've always I mean I'd always been like into it like I'd watched it and I've I'd, and I'd heard a bunch of like stand-up before but that like winter break I like went home and I wrote like like an hour of material, not great material, but I wrote what I thought was really great material. Well, but course. I like, yeah. Our, our first sets, we all thought, right. I mean, for us I to get up there for the first time, we had to think, like, this, like, this is, is amazing it. Shit. Yeah. No, like, I'm going to get discovered <laughs> now, and yeah. it's going to be. I don't know why it took everyone else 15 <laughs> right. years. But... <laughs> exactly. I know. You're like, I know. You're like, comedy isn't a hard business. I'm yeah. killer at this. <laughs> but yeah, so I did that, and then I had one of my good friends from college had been wanting to do drag. And so he and I sort of like produced and put together this like drag slash stand-up show where he got to perform that and I got to do stand-up. And that was sort of like my first shot, but then it was like I took, you know, time off to do those gigs. So I was always writing, but I wasn't performing. Um, and so then last, uh, Jan like January 2017, I like really, well, <laughs> I say that, you know, kind of February, I started really going <laughs> to mics and like yeah. kind of digging in and I like took a class and like, yeah. And yeah. so that I kind of went for it. That's kind of how I uh, used to host this show. We don't do it anymore, but it was called Queerlesque. And it was burlesque by foreign about the queer community. Yeah. And so we had, it was like drag and yeah. um, it was all sorts of different types of performance. Cool. Um, it was burlesque. It was um, just random, like kind of clownlesque. We had all these different types of lesque, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I would host it. <laughs> and I, I, I always wanted to do stand up, but I wasn't ready. But yeah. the hosting was good because it's like, even if your jokes fail, you're like, and now here's somebody that's going to get naked for you yep. and that you know and love. And it was kind of this buffer that you you had and and that kind of broke me in and then when I did that I kind of had that adrenaline that you get from performing yeah and I was like I want to do this totally thing. I know as soon as you like as soon as you like you you catch the bug a little bit it's like it's like oh god I want that feeling again like oh, yeah. I want you know what I mean yeah yeah no I I love it and I definitely I definitely chase it the other thing with theater I was actually talking to another comic in San Francisco last week and she was saying, because um, she had a theater background too, and what was the difference for her was theater, your, your other characters, you know? Uh -huh. And she's yeah. like, some characters like I could really get into and I can identify with them and I can be like, this is me, but then stand-up's you. Yeah. And that's the piece. Like totally. that's the, the different piece. So you have the theater background, so that mm -hmm. makes you able to get in front of an audience with not a problem or less of a problem probably yeah. than other folks. And then now, but now it's you. You have to put you out there. Yeah. And I saw some of your comedy and some of your comedy, you know, it seemed very personal. Yeah. Well, thank you. It, it <laughs> I'm like, thank you so much. That's <laughs> the nicest thing anybody's ever said. No, it's important um, to, you know, totally. have that piece. Yeah, I think, well, a few things. I completely agree. I'm So I'm doing the, like, the Dallas Comedy Festival a little bit later uh, in oh, the month. congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Um, but they sent me this, like, these, the, kind of like a questionnaire, you know, to, like, promote or whatever. And... Uh, it was like, so you have a theater background. How has that helped your stand-up background? Oh. And um, yeah, which is, you know, a good question. But um, I, I find it so fascinating because like sometimes, and this isn't like I'm patting myself on the back or anything, but sometimes people are surprised by the amount of time. Like your girlfriend <laughs> earlier today was like a little bit surprised and like, 
I think... Yeah, just to back it up, he's uh, been doing comedy about a year now. Yes, and yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the surprise because we saw, we got to see Drew last night and he, he was hilarious and he killed it in a room full, it was a dive bar full of very drunk people and everyone shut up to listen to him because they were like, this guy's got something to say and then they were busted up laughing. So it was a really cool experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, not, to, this isn't me like... Catch oh, yourself. Yeah, totally. But, um, but what I, but I, like the interesting thing about it is like, I'm, I feel like I'm as green or as naive in terms of like, you know, like writing jokes and like, you know, like crafting what, like, what is the setup? What is the punch that I'm like, I'm totally just a year in and it's awesome. But the, the being on stage and the comfort you find, like that was developed a really long time ago for me. So like, so that was never a daunting part. And I think Sometimes with other comedians, like the writing, like it's like they can write a killer joke, but then it's like, how, like how do you find your sort of stage persona or your stage presence? And and that wasn't that was that was just kind of came naturally, just because I had I've been on stage, you know yeah. what I mean, in a different training. form. Yeah, because totally. for me too, it was like how do you, I remember the first time I went up, a comedian in New Orleans came up to me after my set and was yeah. like, "Can I make a suggestion?" And I was like, "Oh, oh fuck!" God, like, yeah. yeah, and then he was like, "Just take the mic stand and move it to the side." And that was the whole, and I was like, I didn't think about it because I hadn't been on stage. I hadn't had a microphone. And then I started overthinking over the next six months. I was like obsessed with how do I stand? How do my hands move? Should I move around more? Should I stay still? Should I change my voice? You know, should I raise my voice or Mm -hmm. talk faster or talk slower or whatever? And I I got in my head about it. But like just that simple thing of like moving the mic, that's probably something that you are like knew 10, 15 years ago, you know? Yeah. Well, just, I mean... Definitely, I, you know, kind of the logistics, but again, also just like br- like breathing on stage, like you know what I mean, yeah. which is sounds so simple, but like you forget and then you're hyped up and then you know what I mean. <laughs> it's like truly, oh, there was oh, also I well, I think this is I think this goes along with what we were talking about, but sort of like finding your like persona on stage or whatever. I think especially if you listen to beginning recordings of of my comedy, it's very much like I did. I created like a like a caricature of Drew. You know, like just this like effervescent, like, you know what I mean? Like he's gay and he's fun and he's like dreamy yeah. and everything's great, which is obviously like a part <laughs> of my personality already, but like. But it was extra. Yes, it was very heightened. And, and I was listening to, like before I performed last night, I was listening to a set and like, you can hear me start that way. Like, I'm like, hi, you guys, yeah. my name's Drew, and, like, really giving it. And then halfway through, I'm like, okay, all right, sorry. <laughs> like, I, all right, I'm just going to, and like, yeah. and then I, like, brought it, and I was like, oh, like, but that's another part of probably, like, your stand-up persona or your character is that, like, also you don't have to do this, like, only character. Like, you can also kind of bring it down and, like, really talk to people, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, well, and that's what you think, because you're like, the audience needs to respond to me, so I right. need to come out there and get their attention. Totally. But I feel like some people just have that natural stage presence yeah. where they can just go out there and just be themselves, and that is actually more attractive to an audience. Yeah. Because they're like, this person's just talking from their heart versus, right. like, oh, they're trying to get me hyped up. Like, it's yeah. like, I can't hear you. Like, yeah. that's what I feel like. <laughs> you're going to, like, the next line is going to be like, how are we doing? I, I can't hear you. <laughs> a little louder, you know. It's I know. You're like, let's, <laughs> you're like, they can hear you just fine. Yeah. It's like, oh, my thought is gone. I had one, and then it and then it flew away. If it I, happens sometimes. Yeah, it does. Hmm. Is this your first comedy festival? 
No. So the first one I did uh, was the Laughing Devil Comedy Festival in New York. Yeah. So I did that guy. And then uh, I went to... I did uh, the Sacramento Comedy Festival, which was super, super cool um, at the Comedy Spot. The guy that owns that, Craig, is really awesome. If you ever find yourself there, he's really, really great. You never know. Yeah, truly. Um, I have been in Sacktown quite a few times. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's close to San Francisco. Yeah, so Sacramento Comedy Festival, I competed in the World Series of Comedy. How was that? I really loved it. I've, I did one comedy competition in Ventura, and I actually made it to the next round, but the next round was three weeks away, and I was not yeah. going to come back to Ventura, so I ended up not doing it. Mm-hmm. But it was very stressful. I just... I kind of oh. like the, the just performing in a, fe- like once you're in the festival, like you're in versus right. the competition where it's like, yeah. good job, but fuck you. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I was, I was having a conversation with another comedian about the difference between the festival atmosphere and the competition atmosphere, just because even when I got here, I've done mostly like cause Sacramento was a competition and the one in New York was a competition and the world series of comedy was a competition. So I had only done, I did like the finger lakes comedy festival in Ithaca actually (laughs) which was kind of like a full circle moment but that was the first like oh you're just kind of like going and you're gonna hang with some comedians and you're gonna perform and it's gonna be great but but I I went to this one and like I was like even last night at the mic I was like okay like psych yourself up because and I was getting him that like competitive zone almost. Yeah, like that Eminem mom spaghetti shit. (laughs) Me, yes, that's exactly (laughs) what I was doing. (laughs) I know, Eminem and I, I feel like, have a lot in common, you know? We're like sisters. Um, (laughs) But, but yeah, I... I do enjoy, I mean, I think a competition, I think it I think it riles you up in a good way, too. Like, I think you can kind of dig in, and it's like, okay, it's like, get out there and perform and do well, because, like, you want to win. Yeah, because you have to, or right. you have to leave. Yeah, but but no, the, the well, the festival atmosphere is, it's, I mean, it's a little bit nicer. It's like, because it's like, we're just kind of celebrating, and we're not, like, pitting each other against, you know, one another, and, like, obviously, comedy is subjective, and, like, you know, all of the eye of the beholder and blah 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 so so yeah I mean I'm definitely into the festival zone I the world series of comedy was kind of an intense competition but I did so I did like the the rounds in at this club in laugh Boston and and I I ended up taking like fourth in that in like that in like the satellite is what they called it I guess but 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 it was like three rounds in each round like I got to move forward and so I think that's awesome. Totally. And I and it was definitely a nice, like, the first festival I did, the I, I did okay on my second performance, but my first performance, I, like, I told this joke about cat aids, and, like, it, the audience was just, like, filled with these, like, elderly women. And, like, tr- <laughs> and, and but I was, like, I had, I mean, literally, I only had probably, like, 15 minutes of material, if that, and, like, seven that I was like, I think everybody's going to laugh at this, you know? <laughs> and they're just thinking about their cats. And right. Like, well, how and, dare you, well, young man? Exactly. Well, and I told this joke, and I was like, your cat aids joke is going to kill. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's going to be perfect. And I told, and I had, and it was almost like, I mean, I bombed at, like, an open mic before, but it was kind of the first, like, performance where uh. I, like, where I told, like, I told my first joke and was like, it's going to be awesome. And then, like, and, like, literally this one woman in the front row just, like, I will never forget her face. I'm, like, flushing thinking about it. <laughs> but she literally was just, like, like, and and I was, like, oh, my goodness. And so it, it, I just, it didn't go so well. So then this World Series of Comedy when I was, like, 
killing it in the competition. I was like, I am going to be a comedian and it is going to be great, you know? Yeah, and it's I don't know if you have any tricks for that because I know it's hard. Like when I, I had a bad set maybe a month ago at a bar a block and a half from my house, they do an open mic every Monday and I go there because yeah. it's a block and a half from my house. So right. it's, it's the one that I push myself to go to because I really... Which other is ones, important. You yeah. do have to do that. You and know? you have to keep going to mics and trying new stuff. And I and I went and I, and I did my three... It was like only a three-minute set and it just like died. Yeah. And I just felt so terrible. Like I beat myself up for like two weeks and then mm-hmm. I'm like, what, you know, I was like, what am I doing? You know, my girlfriend's like, it's just one show, yeah. you know, but you have to like get yourself back in that place to, to get back out there. Yeah. And that was a place where I was like, I always do well here, but you're not always, there's no hundred percent, there's no. no guarantee. And it's okay. It doesn't yeah. make you like, you're not like, I should quit comedy and never do this again. No, Cause you do the not. same stuff in front of five other audiences and they love it. Right. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think it's just sort of the new I don't know. I guess I just think it's like when you you like bomb the first time and you're like, oh god, I'm nobody, and then, and then you get up and do it again and it goes better. And then I I think you just learn to like laugh it off. And even like e- even that story, like I'm I kind of hold it near and dear to my heart because yeah. I told like a trashy cat aids joke and no one <laughs> laughed. And I'm like, that is something that <laughs> you did, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well. Thank you so much, Drew, for being here with us. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. My heart and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see you the rest of this Memphis Comedy Festival. Yeah, cheers. All right, thanks. Yeah. I, I think the moment my parents really knew I was gay was when I walked in a Gap fashion show in sixth grade, um, because you can have it all. And... <laughs> And the guy that was in charge of the fashion show was like, all right, boys, we're going to need a little extra pizzazz when you get to the end of the runway. So most of the guys, like, popped their collars or did a little spin. Um, When I walked down the runway, excuse me, carpooled down the runway, I got to the end and did two fast little jazz squares and then hit this winning position. (laughs) And I have a feeling this is the moment when my dad looked at my mom and was just like, Drew's gonna be a dick sucker someday. (laughs) Oh, how I have blossomed. City, which has been super great. They love the gays there. Gays, gays, everywhere. Um, and <laughs> seriously, they're everywhere. But, um, but yeah, I, I recently moved to New York City, and it's funny, the last time I was in New York City, I actually had some trouble with the police, uh, which is surprising because I'm white. They get us too. I was dating a guy at the time who had a bit of a drug problem, um, because I choose danger. And and we were driving out of New York City and this cop car pulls us over. And when he asks for my boyfriend's license and registration, my boyfriend opens the glove department and a grinder falls out. So the cop looks at me and is just like, get the fuck out of the car, motherfucker, and like riffs me out and is like, put your fucking phone down, because I was in the middle of an Instagram and it was peak hours and I wanted the likes. And so then he starts asking me questions because he assumes I'm trying to smuggle drugs out of New York City, which was obviously what I was doing. So he's like, he's like, what were you doing when you were in New York City? And I was like, auditioning for the Book of Mormon. And he's like, what's in your backpack? And I'm like, my custom-made tap shoes. 
So you would think after I say my custom-made tap shoes, which is like arguably the gayest thing that has been said ever, <laughs> then he'd be like, all right, we're gonna let this fool go. But instead, he was like, all right, I'm gonna have to call for some backup. And like, I love the idea of this conversation because he had to call the station and be like, like we're gonna need some backup. And they were like, what do you got? And he was like, two faggots and a pair of tap shoes. <laughs> like, send help. <laughs> <laughs> also, just as a side note, two faggots and a pair of tap shoes sounds like an off-Broadway show I'm gonna start writing. <laughs> so make sure you're on the lookout for that. Um, but, but then, so these two cop cars show up and they put me in a different cop car, you know, to separate the gays. It stops our sparkle sunshine from working. <laughs> questions. He's like, have you ever been arrested before? Like, where are you from? And, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my god, like, I'm gonna have a criminal record. Like, I'm obviously not going back to college. Like, but, but on the forefront of my mind was just like, what is gonna happen to my custom-made tap shoes? <laughs> and that was a story of white privilege. <laughs> Fun for the whole family. <laughs> Oh, but, but like I said, I've, um, I've been in New York for a bit, and it's been super fun. I love, like, all of the experiences I've been having. Like, the other day, this guy came up to me and my two girlfriends, and, like, he was gonna kind of heckle us, so he, he goes up to one of my girlfriends and is like, Hey, why the long face? And she's like, alright, like, you know, we're leaving. But before we can go, he then puts his face in my other friend's boobs, and is like, Oh, hello! And, and I'm thinking, thank you for the one laugh, uh, I, uh, um, but, so I'm thinking in this moment that I'm gonna have to like, I'm gonna have to like man up and be like, hey, like, which I don't do often, <laughs> a rare occasion for me, but, but I was like, I'm gonna tell this guy off, but before I can say anything, he turns to me and then goes, and you know what, if I were gay, I'd fuck the shit out of you. <laughs> I have never felt so included in my whole little life. In my whole life. You know, now he and I are dating. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you to our sponsor, Speed Shrink. Looking for a new therapist but tired of doing online research that only leads to you finding a therapist who you think is great and then turns out to be terrible? Try our new service, Speed Shrink. Just like speed dating, but for shrinks. Meet 20 shrinks in one night and find the right one for your emotional needs. Each event includes fun icebreakers that help you decide if this shrink is the right match for you. Speed Shrink. Thank you so much to our guest, Drew Lausch, for sharing his world with you. Thank you to the Memphis Comedy Festival and the OAM Network Studios for helping us out with this podcast. Special thanks to Jessa Fallon and Ryan Golub for your help editing and producing the show. And of course, thank you to all our friends and supporters out there. You can catch Greetings from Queer Mountain live in New Orleans, Austin, and New York City. Check out our Facebook page for more information. Thank y'all.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.